Hello, everybody, and welcome to G-Wiz, your family-friendly podcast where we discuss D&D Onslaught, Dice Masters, Heroclix, and the other entertaining games made by WizKids. I'm WizDad, and this is your friendly reminder that I'm here because I want to make a podcast that unites the WizKids collective of games together. I want it to be a central hub of useful WizKids game information. And I will be your guide for navigating the competitive and casual scenes of the WizKids Triforce of Gaming. It's Onslaught Wednesday. Today I will be talking about if cell swords, with the addition of Akanke and the Ancient Construct, are truly competitive as a standalone faction. But first, I have a lot of news to cover in the WizKids Progress Report. Kowalski, Progress Report. So we've got a lot to cover here in the Progress Report. Um, I ended up not recording the rest of the week last week after the match of Monday, and I didn't record Monday either, which uh, is unfortunate, but you know when you have a bunch of kids and a lot of things going on, and the weather last week threw a lot of things uh, off, uh, that's where you find yourself today on a Onslaught Wednesday as your first recording in a while. So first off, let's cover, as usual, the solicits. Um, a lot of things have changed or, or shuffled around, as I mentioned last time. We know, at least for Heroclix, that next phase had been moved to March. Um, I can't remember if we knew that Deadpool was also moved, but it is official now. The Deadpool Weapon X set is now in May, uh, which was as kind of predicted. We knew that it was going to have to move. No way, they're both in March. It looked like there was just some big update to where they really identified when things are coming in and things just had to be moved it's unfortunate but it happens we also see out there that there are now confirmed dates for some of these iconics that we've been missing uh we do know harley quinn roses for red is the 7th of february we know sherlock holmes is the 14th of february so that is coming up very quickly um valentine's day we get sherlock holmes i don't i guess I guess that's the release date, so they obviously wanted Harley Quinn Roses for Red to come out a week before, so you had time to go pick it up. Remember, this is like the ship date, or the date it's supposed to get there, not, um, you know, probably not the date you're picking it up, if that makes sense. And then Colossal Kong has us at date of March 6th, so we do know Colossal Kong, who has been delayed forever, it feels like. Uh, I think we heard about it originally in November, and now we're looking at March as the first time we get our hands on Colossal Kong. We do have out here on the solicits also, I don't know if it's been mentioned before, but we do have an OP kit in uh, June already listed as the X-Men High Rollers Monthly OP kit. I don't usually call it, cover OP kits, but I we do know the specifics of this one, and this one is, it will have uh, Wolverine, Multiple Man, and then a Kitty Pride with a new sculpt and dial for first place. And instead of like a legacy card like they've been doing with OPE or uh, objects, this time it comes with multiple man dice. Remember, one of the things they're really pushing with uh, Deadpool and Weapon X is they're kind of doing new custom dice for certain characters or something like that, which I think is neat. It's pulling a little bit from the fact that maybe they're not printing as much Dice Masters. And they're like, hey, we got to do something with our dice machines. Let's make dice for hero clicks. So I'm all for it. That's fine. Perfectly a-okay with me. On the Onslaught front, uh, let's celebrate a little bit. We've got a solicit out here. Uh, 
I will say that celebration should be short-lived because it's not till March, which is very unfortunate. Yes, that's right, the Cell Swords 2 Golden Glory, which is the expansion we've been waiting for for Cell Swords, uh, which I'm going to be talking about today in the Fishing with WizDag se segment. We were hoping in January, didn't happen. I'm not surprised because as much as that one Facebook post said and people were emphasizing it, just didn't, without solicits, it's just not going out. So thankfully, it's currently set to release in March. Uh, we did see a little bit of a preview. Uh, well, I don't really want to say preview, but there was an article on ICV2 that talks very, very briefly about it coming out. It comes out four pre-painted miniatures. They had a gallery with the product, but unfortunately they did not, uh, they didn't show anything but a Konke, which we already know. So kind of a bummer that we don't get to see, you know, what the other three characters do. I would have liked to see both of them. Cause remember we had the Githyanki, we have, uh, looks like a vampire, type looking guy and then we have an elf with a sword uh or drow or not really a drow but we, we've got some interesting characters in addition to Konke, which we already knew so great that we finally got some more uh information about it my concern is is that i was really hoping this would be legal for adepticon it still could be um one thing that Onslaught has never really identified or mentioned. Uh, as with Heroclix, there's a very set specific legality list. Here is what is legal to play. And then they also list in there for other events, uh, things are, game elements are legal like a week after they come out, unless it's a con exclusive and it's like the next month that it comes out, the first month after it comes out. Onslaught doesn't have anything like that. So. I think it'll be interesting to see exactly when this comes out and whether it will be legal. Now, luckily, it's it's not a blind boosters, right? So, like, if it comes out two weeks before or a week before Adepticon, as long as your store carries it, you can just run and buy it. It's not like, oh, this crazy chase and hero clicks has come out. I have to go buy a bunch of boosters and I may still not get it right so i think onslaught can operate on a much you know as soon as it releases it's legal unless of course like say it releases march 20th and adepticons the next day or two days later that probably it probably doesn't need to be legal just in case there's something unbalanced or something that uh you know people can't prepare for they don't have enough time to prepare for that type of team but either way i'm super pumped about it i love options so having another faction even though we could play cell swords now which we'll talk about soon um it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see i'm eager to see how these three new characters work out uh just to have another faction and we already have heard rumblings uh that more about onslaught will be previewed at adepticon so i'm hoping because i'm going to adepticon i will be there i will cover as much as possible and get it out to you all as quickly as possible. I also, um, to wrap up the segment, have a few more things in the in the pipeline that I'm working on. I haven't had as much time to work on it as I wanted, but I'm hoping this week I can kind of get back to it. But I've got some YouTube videos, some shorts I want to create and work on, 
and get some more preparation leading up to Adepticon. Uh, as of right now, as I'm recording this, uh, we're getting closer and closer to the Champion Clicks tournament. So when I record my episode on Friday for Hero Clicks, because there's a lot to talk about there, I'll talk a little bit more about Champion Clicks. I don't think we'll have any results by then, but um, I'll try to get some feedback from some of my friends that are down there, since I unfortunately can't make it. And uh, we'll talk about that on Friday. But let's hop into the Fishing with WizDads. Who am I again? The WizDag segment. And let's talk about swords and talk about are they viable as is. Get your gear, little man. We're going fishing. And I mean now. So let's talk swords. Um, I had hoped by this point we would already have had the expansion and we can talk more but one thing i haven't really dived into is viability of the cell swords as a whole we already know cell swords are great being splashed into different teams right uh we know that um there's a lot of they do a lot of specific things that help offset negatives for other teams right so you've got hengaku who is a very good close range multi-attacker very agile like he's he has pretty high movement five movement which is great he has a really good damage dealer so he is very nice to be able to splash onto different teams like just someone who maybe all the attackers are like Red Wizards. Red Wizards are pretty solid to have Enkaku on. Uh, Hengaku. Harpers are okay as well. Um, I do like the concept of uh, Hengaku and Gribbleshanks. Kind of a one-two punch where you're delivering a lot of damage at once is really nice. Now, of course, obviously with the nerf to Chloe, it's not as good as they used to be, but definitely very very solid and then i think molly is low-key much better than advertised and uh we'll, we'll talk about that but the one aspect that i haven't really talked about much is akanke and the construct where do those pieces fit in what are some like variations of a team that could work um before we really dive deep, because I'm going to go through each character again. You know, it's been a couple months since I really broke down each character. At least at a, I won't go as deep as I used to, but I'll, I'll go. I'll at least explain everything available <laughs> from Cell Swords, and let's talk about how the construct fits in, and then what variations of the constructs of the construct you put in there. Because remember, the construct could be different variations um i don't recall uh, on the top of my head i believe you have to pick which variation like on your tournament sheet so you you can't just you know each game change it to whichever one you want i believe it has to be on your sheet i may be wrong if it didn't have to be on your sheet and you could just change it at will well then things get a little bit easier when team building comes into play but um, 
I'm pretty confident you have to, uh, you have to be able to, like, you have to put specifically which one, which variation of the construct that you are doing. So just a reminder on how you build teams, you know, for those that may be joining that aren't Onslaught familiar. Basically, when you're creating a roster, on the roster you can record five to seven characters from their chosen faction and or sellswords faction. This is a pool of characters a player must select from when forming a party during each scenario and therefore must include at least one legal uh, legal party. A legal party must include at least... I'm sorry, a legal party is comprised of five characters, each with a different role. In addition, a non-sellswords faction party can include a maximum of one sellsword character, while a sellsword's faction party cannot include characters from any other faction. So, let's also keep in mind that sellswords, the construct, takes up two slots when it comes to uh, team building. And let me look into the variations of that. So looking here at the variable rules rule, that's, that's a mouthful. It says here, a character with the variable role icon, which a construct does, does not have a role dictated by their character card. Instead, when this character is chosen during the choose character steps, step of setup, it must be assigned a variant card. The, that character has the role icon found on the variant card. Now, obviously, a player can't choose a variant card that has the same role as another character that has been chosen. You can't choose a character with a variable role icon if none of that character's variant cards can be chosen. So if, now in the Construct's case, there's six cards, There's it's uh, you can't, you know, have all six covered. But any future variant, variable role characters we get, maybe they only have two to three cards. And you've already chosen all of their variant roles, then you can't choose that character, period. A character with the variable role icon has several corresponding variant cards. When a variant card is chosen for that character, it is placed below their character card. The character's role and class are dictated by the assigned variant card, and the abilities on the variant card share the dials found on the character card it is assigned to, which abilities share which dials are noted on the variant card. So, looking into this further, it sounds like, yes, you just put the construct on your roster, you do not sign assign which roles which makes sense i guess if you think about it if you only put the healer construct in your party list uh, for the tournament it doesn't make sense that you know you, you're going to be limiting yourself this does make the construct a little bit more playable um but that's interesting that's very interesting i didn't think of it from that standpoint so let's talk a bit about the individual characters from the original cell swords and that is going to be Drom, Hengaku, Kithra, and good old Molly Fairhill. We'll start with Molly. Now, I, in my previous review of the sets, I did not think kindly of Molly. Mostly because she didn't have any sort of healing. And honestly, Swords as a whole was lacking healing. Uh, but that at the time, right, you couldn't play Swords by themselves. So, it wasn't a big to-do. Molly uh, is pretty standard. She's a cleric, plus five to hit, two damage for standard. Uh, her melee, her range is one enemy at range two to three, plus five to hit, one damage. So 
not a great range attacker, but she does deal divine damage, which is relevant for certain things. Uh, she gains XP after you use a cooldown ability. Cool. Now, both cooldown abilities have fairly short cooldowns. It's just a three-turn cooldown. She's got Ogma's Blessing, which is a bonus action. Gain Blessings of Knowledge, which is plus one to damage or plus three to, to uh, defense, which is pretty good. Like, that's good. Either she deals more damage or she goes up to a 19 defense starting because she starts on a 16, four movement, 16 defense, nine health at the top. So she can play the role of a tank if you need her to do more damage. She could be doing melee for three or range for two. Um, but that's solid for a first cooldown ability. The second one is uh, one that we haven't seen a lot of use currently, but as we get more and more characters, ones that deal burning damage, ones that deal uh, poison, like there's so many effects and conditions in this game. So she has Dispel Magic. It's a bonus action once again, so which is great. Both of her cooldowns are bonus. One mini at range 0 to 1. A three turn cooldown remove one condition token from that mini and it is not just obviously for you it can also be for them so that's very good it's not healing that stinks but don't downplay like i did during the reviews i downplayed how good dispel magic is the more conditions we're getting the better it is like it the better this gets her reaction is a little unusual. It's called Read Thoughts. After initiative cards are assigned, choose two enemy initiative cards and look at them. You may exchange those cards. This could be really good. Now, it's obviously not as good as... Um, not as good as Nerith. Yeah, not as good as Nerith's like, oh, you get to take the one card. But you could... You definitely end up, like, I find myself when I'm playing Onslaught, if I'm, depending on the scenario, you probably know later in the game who your opponent's going to put with the lowest priority, or, like, going first on their team. You will know that. It's probably someone who is racing to an objective, who's surrounded by everyone, and they want to at least get one more turn out of them. So... This is definitely an ability you don't try to use first turn, unless the scenario is a little wonky. This is definitely one that I think is useful, but like very useful. Middle of the games, you could, if as a good onslaught player, you're going to be able to identify, hey, this is probably who they're putting first, and then you can probably ascertain these are probably the two players or characters that are going last or next to last. And so doing that, you could choose their two cards, and then if you want, swap them. I think it's really good it's a four turn cooldown so you could feasibly do it like turn one turn two and then expect to maybe have it get back to you near the end um i'm not usually good at determining this is when i you know use this ability luckily it's not a one uh one go like you don't it's not a one-time thing you can use it again later after four turns obviously um as far as her level up abilities, potent casting heals her and then she gets a plus one to her range for damage purposes. And then the other one is Knowledge of the Ages, which is a one turn, uh, one time ability. After initiative cards are assigned, choose one enemy initiative card and look at it. 
you may exchange it with your initiative card. So that's kind of a Nurith first turn if you're not if you're not first player. You know, that turn you could just take their first player card effectively. So I actually really like Molly now. She has definitely moved up my list of cell swords and kind of overall if i were to make a tier list which would be kind of fun i think to do a video of all the onslaught pieces to make a tier list um molly i think would be up there a little bit i do like her a lot then if we move on to you know we already talked about him a little bit let's talk about hengaku hengaku katana plus seven to hit two damage range one enemy at range two plus five to hit one damage uh, one with your blade, your melee ignores all damage reduction. That's probably one ability that'll continue to grow. There are some, obviously, damage reduction out there. There's not a ton, but that could change, right? As the game continues to grow, we get more characters with damage reduction. That obviously is good. 5 movement, 14 defense, 9 health. Gain 1 XP after an adjacent enemy character is defeated. I find that's harder to pull off than you think. And Gaku's usually leveling up just by hitting people. So the first cooldown ability, bonus action, Death Strike, you just make a melee attack. So you could double up on your melee attacks effectively because it is a bonus action. Kensei Shot is very solid. Standard action, four turn cooldown. One enemy at range two to four, plus seven to hit for three damage. Solid. If you don't want to do one for range, you could do three. And then... The Agile Parry I like also. After you're de declared the target of an attack by an adjacent enemy, gain plus three against that attack. It's solid. It's not amazing because he's only a 14. Taking him to a 17, a 17 can still get hit pretty decently, right? Like if you're going against an opposing Hengaku who has a plus seven to hit, that means they need to roll a 10 or higher on 2d20s. The probability of that is pretty decent, right? But it's better than nothing. The level up abilities, you gain 1 plus damage with your melee. Hey, 3 damage melee and then death strike, so you're dishing out 6 damage, potentially. I I like that. That's the sharpening the blade level up ability. And then unerring accuracy is you heal 2 and then you have a free action that's once per game. After you miss with your attack, reroll your attack dice, you must use the new result. Matt, I'm probably going with sharpening the blade most of the time. Now, Hengaku is your melee dealer, um, if that wasn't clear. I didn't mention it a second ago, but uh, Molly is listed as your tactician. So she's not a healer, thank goodness, because she literally does not heal. She is a tactician. And I believe all of these cell swords have different roles. There's no doubling down on any of the cell swords' roles. Like, for example, Drom here... Uh, Drom is a hybrid. I believe that's right. Unless I have... You know what? The, the, the melee and the hybrid symbol are almost too close together on what they look like. <laughs> so I get them a little confused. Uh, let's see real quick. Uh, yeah, melee damage and yeah, hybrid. He's He is the hybrid guy which is interesting because i don't consider him hybrid because he doesn't have range um i consider him to be more of a almost a vanguard if that makes sense like he feels like that um to me it almost feels like 
how should I phrase it? It feels almost like Kithra should be the hybrid because she hits close and she throws hammers, but that's neither here nor there. So going back to Drom, uh, Drom, once again, the big turtle guy, he is a hybrid fighter, spike gauntlet, enemy range one, plus four to hit, two damage, cool. He does not have a ranged ability, which is why, once again, not sure about the hybrid part of it. Uh, Tavern Brawler, at the end of your activation, adjacent enemies who are slowed or rooted suffer one damage. That's okay. He gets one XP after you are attacked by an enemy. Really sounds like what a Vanguard would want. Um, his first cooldown ability is Grapple. Standard, one enemy at range one, plus six to hit. Two damage. If hit, the target is rooted. And then thus, subsequently, at the end of your turn, they take one more damage because of Tavern Brawler. Makes sense. Hill Rune. Gain the Hill Rune. You suffer half damage. Rounded down from all physical attacks. Which, funny enough, I guess Hengaku would get through because you are reducing it. Reducing the Hill Rune. The Hill Rune reduces the damage. So, I guess Hengaku kind of gets through that. Um, though, as a Vanguard, I guess... Well, he's not a Vanguard. But Drom does only have 14 when it comes to AC, he is slow at, well, he's okay at 4 movement, but he does have 11 hit points for health. So he is a beefy turtle guy. He does have the Cloud Rune reaction after you're declared the target of an attack. Choose an adjacent non-attacking enemy to be the new target. And then Storm Rune, Fire Rune. Storm Rune just helps when you're resolving attack. That lets you use multiple D20s. Use the lowest result when applying that roll. That's against you, so that helps against people that are attacking you. In the fire rune, you heal twice, and then people hit by your melee gain slowed. You're taking the fire rune, like, a majority of the time. Uh, it, it just... a majority of the time you're taking that. So he's kind of your guy you want in the middle, even though he's going to take a lot of hits, because uh, his AC isn't amazing. But that's okay, right? Like, whenever he gets attacked, he gets some more uh, XP, so that's great. And then lastly, before we jump to the Construct and Akanke, we've got Kithra Coalforge, which is your ranged attacker. I know a paladin, a range, we'll think of it as like D from Diablo or something. She's throwing hammers. Warhammer, plus five to hit is your melee, two damage. Throwing hammer, range two to three, plus five to hit, three damage. So she deals more damage by throwing a hammer, which is awesome. 16 defense, 10 health, only three movement, but she's got the range to make up for it. Um, the downside is, is when she is bloodied, your her range attack goes down to two damage. So she becomes kind of a target for your opponent. First cooldown is inflict wounds. One enemy ranged one, plus two to hit, four damage. On a miss, this ability is not once per game. So just dealing straight four damage is okay. Not bad at all. Crown of Madness, one enemy at range 1 to 5, plus 5 to hit. If hit, the target makes a close or ranged attack against a target of your choice. So kind of a little bit of a Sedona kind of mind control aspect. You can have that person make it closer ranged against, you know, whoever. And then she has Hellish Rebuke, which we know after she's dealt damage, she deals equal back to the attacker. That's always a threat, Hellish Rebuke. You kind of have to second-guess yourself attacking someone with Hellish Rebuke. Um, usually someone with Hellish Rebuke, you either want to 
use one person to just kind of tank the rebuke back or you slowly whittle down that character to where like oh they're only dealing one damage two damage with hellish rebuke so you kind of don't go um full force on someone with hellish rebuke or of hate is interesting that's her level up ability friendly characters at range zero to two gain plus two to hit that's solid dreadful aspect um I don't know if I like that one. Gain dreads, dreadful aspects. Enemies can't move adjacent to you or end their activation adjacent to you. So it's a bonus action and once per game. I'm not sure if I like that one, but oh well. You're probably playing her because of the way cell swords work. As of right now, we have five characters in the construct. So let's talk about Inkanke and the construct. And then let's talk about is the team good enough? Inkanke we've talked about not too long ago is the healer and is kind of just an okay healer limited healing which is i mean i just said it it's okay nothing to write home about um alkanke is the alchemist Unarmed, one enemy at range 1, plus 2 to hit 1 damage. Alchemist Fire, one enemy at range 2 to 5, plus 5 to hit. This has a splash of 1 and deals 1 damage. Critical target gains burning. Uh, obviously, Akanke has the whole Ancient Construct ignores the 1 cell sword per party. That doesn't apply to this. After you cause a character to gain a condition token, gain 1 XP. Solid. Now, Akanke does have a 2 charge healing elixir. So, Akanke could do it twice. 1... Friendly at range, 0 to 1, heal 4. This can affect constructs. I guess that's better than I think it is. Um, I just haven't done the math in my head of is, like, I, I, in my head I'm like, is this better? Like, having two charges of healing elixir with no cooldown versus something like Chloe who has healing on a short cooldown. And I think it really depends on, I mean, I guess it just depends on the game, right? The, the one you're going against. Like, if I look at, hmm, this is a good, this is a good uh, exercise, I guess. If I'm thinking of some healers, right, is, hmm, <laughs> so... For someone like, let's see, what's another healer that I'm thinking of besides just Chloe? I'm blanking on a second. Um, you've got Mistral. So like Mistral's a cleric, one enemy at range 0 to 5, heal 5, but a 5 turn cooldown. Well, your characters might not make it. Like, you may not get 5 more rounds or 4 more rounds, depending on the matchup. Chloe heals 2. But she has a two-turn cooldown. So if you think about it, Akanke's technically healing eight, because four both times. You would have to go through two, then two, then two, then two. So eh, they're probably equal. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm now warming up to the concept of Akanke as a healer. Two charge healing with little to no cooldown actually is actually is pretty solid. I didn't think that way at first, but you know what? I, I, I'm back on board. So besides um, the healing, that that isn't all that Akanke does. 
Uh, Akake also has Elixir of Boldness. This is a bonus action. It's got three charges. One enemy at range zero to one to gain boldness, which is plus one movement and plus two to hit with all attacks. Solid. It's a bonus action. I don't hate it. And then the take shelter reaction when you're about to suffer damage an adjacent friendly character suffers for damage again. Depending on who that is, you can reroute to draw them. Uh, takes the damage, I guess that's a good question. If you're suffering the damage, you're not you're not technically being attacked, but you are taking the damage. So I guess that's a question of would Drom get the XP? Because he's not being attacked, but he's taking the damage. I would assume he wouldn't, but we'll see. Level up for a Konke, add plus one charges to each of your ability. It's super solid. You probably take that a majority of the time. Um, however, Alchemical Savant, after you hit a target with your range, it gains burning. Burning's good. Plus one day, uh, suffer one damage at the start of your activation. Um, I think Akanke pretty much makes it on every sellsword only team. Just for the fact that you're able to kind of get those healings off pretty well. Now, it's not a ranged healing. Let's be fair here. It's a zero to one. Akanke can move four. It's got a defense of 15, nine health. So, you know, Akanke has to get up there. It's not like you're throwing a healing potion like you're playing Baldur's Gate or something. Um, but I like Akanke. I think solid figure. It, it's probably... Akanke probably makes Swords playable solo because they don't have healing otherwise. So that's great. If you wanted to just field a team without even considering the construct, I think you could. Of just Akanke, because that's five. Akanke, Hagaku, Kithra, and then Drom, and then Molly. I think that is a solid team. Is it the best? Probably not, because you have more options with Harpers and more options with Zentarum. Probably not. Like, I, I don't think it's better, but, like, I would try to run that team just because who wants to play Harpers all day? Um, but one thing I am interested in is the construct. What does the construct give us that is different? Um, one thing I do want to note is, um, you know, I mentioned before previously that we got the preview of Akanke. Uh, because remember, Akanka came out in the Ancient Construct Storyline OP kit and is now being released as a character you can get in the Swords expansion. I am looking at both cards just to see if there's something different because the Akanke from the OP kit does have a little 2 symbol next to it. Now I assume nothing's changed on the cards. It looks like everything is the same. So still range 0 to 1, heal 4. So nothing has changed, it's just the storyline version has a little two symbol under the healing. Which is interesting. I wonder why wonder why the, there's that difference there. So let's talk a ancient construct, the metal elephant in the room. Is it good enough? So keep in mind the construct does take two slots. Now it activates twice, but it takes two slots which can be a big bummer 
depending. Man, so let's talk about just the ancient construct on its own. It, is, it has the smash ability. One enemy at range one, plus five to hit two damage. Chain fist, range two to four, plus five to hit two damage. It's got 14 defense, 10 health, but remember it flips flips cards. Um, can't be healed, but you're by other minis and can't level up, but Akanke kind of helps with that, right? Akanke can heal the Ancient Construct, so Akanke is a requirement if you're playing Ancient Construct. Um, unless you want to go healer version, but we can um, we can talk about the Apothecary variant. You gain 1 XP at the end of your activation. Now remember the way that this works. The way that the construct works is that XP, it can't level up, so it has no level up abilities. But all of its variant abilities use that XP to enhance what it can do. So the two standard abilities it has is Empowered Rend, standard two turn cooldown one enemy at range one to two plus five to hit three damage then it also has self-repair and it, that's just heal four it takes a standard and a movement it's once per game and then finally it has deflect attack when you're damaged reduce the damage by one that is on the full ancient construct when it goes to the bloodied version of the ancient construct things get a little different it still does the same amount of damage with the smash and change uh, chain fist it gets 2 xp at the end of the activation instead and when you are damaged from the you can use the deflect attack now it goes up to three reducing it or sorry reducing the damage by two sorry it still has self-repair and empowering rend but this time self-repair is six and the empowering rend is plus eight to hit three damage so remember the way that it works is that Ancient Construct counts as two characters for activation purposes, so it acts twice. When it you take out the initial 10 hit points, it flips over to the other side, and it now only acts on one activation. Effectively, they've killed, in broad sense, they've killed one Ancient Construct, and now you're down to the second one. But you use the one card for both activations. It's a little confusing, but... I, I won't bore you with that because we're 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 already talking quite a bit about this. So let's talk about the variants, the the variant cards. So you have the grappler, plus five hits. Uh, basically, remember each of these cards uses the empowering rend dial instead, the cooldown dial instead of empowering rend. And it's a may use. So you could, I believe you can use Empowering Rend or Self-Repair or these other two abilities. But they share cooldown. So if you use Empowering Rend, well, you can't use Spinning Strike for the Grappler until the cooldown dial is fixed. So all six, there are only six, right? Um, all six uh, rolls, yeah, all six rolls, there is a variant four. Cell Swords does not have a Vanguard. And I think that's it. Because we have a Conke for healing. We have Molly for tactician. We have Drom for hybrid. Hengaku for melee. And Kithra for range. So the Construct really could fit in as a Vanguard. That's one of the options. 
or it could take one of those other characters and it, and it would have to in order to fit it actually would have to take off two characters if you're really thinking about it so let's um i, I don't know if i want to go through each card um these are on the discord but just keep in mind that the cards themselves when you the variant cards they do very interesting things um to fit the roles let's just identify what roles we're likely putting the construct in right probably not doing apothecary but apothecary is mending ray would replace empowering rend bonus action three turn cooldown one friendly at range one to three heal one you may spend any amount of xp to increase the healing by the amount of xp plus one so makes sense and then you have shutdown set your this replaces self repair repair set your hit points to maximum and gain rooted and weakened interesting so you got kind of a healing robot keep in mind every time you heal you would get more xp um, for doing that but it's on a th three turn cooldown not sure i like that i think i would want to keep a conke because i think the healing there is better and a conke could do a little bit more other things now obviously you still got your you know chain fist and your you know your smash and empowering ran and self-repair um with self-repair i don't know if it's necessary to have the shutdown from the apothecary so i'm not sure about that it does have the redirect reaction when you suffer damage you may spend any amount of xp to reduce the damage by that amount and then the attacker takes damage equal to half of the amount reduced so you take four damage you decide to reduce it to two well then they'll take one back to them so first off i think i prefer a conke over the healer version of the construct let's look at tactician a tactician would replace molly on the team um let's ignore that you'd, re you'd replace someone else let's just say okay is molly or the mage construct better and remember keep in mind i think the person who would do best with this kind of cell swords team is someone who has these type of variations already built in like they have party lists in mind going in to the tournaments for almost every scenario just knowing or matchups in mind for if you're going against Zentarium or Harpers or etc so the mage instead of empowering Ren it could use orb blast when enemy at range 2 to 4 plus 6 to hit plus 10 if you are bloodied neat 2 damage and you may spend any amount of XP to move the target away from you that many squares interesting and then refraction replaces self repair a four ooh, four square cone that's huge plus five to hit two damage and you move the target up to two spaces this attack does not target friendly characters i like that board manipulation is big like big big and it says you may move the target i believe that still would activate some things uh, like opportunity attack it may or may not because you may move the target after an adjacent enemy moves and is no longer adjacent so i think that should activate opportunity attacks which is interesting so the mage version of the construct is very much manipulating the board 
Refraction is once per game, but Orb Blast is every two turns, which effectively is every second turn. So you do it turn one, cooldown goes to one, next turn cooldown is back. So turn one, turn three, turn five, uh, stuff like that. Round, sorry, round one, three, and five. Now keep in mind, this construct is going twice around, right? And you only do cooldowns at the end of the round. So something to keep in mind. But I do like the mage up. Like, I think the mage is definitely better than Apothecary. Don't know if it's better than Molly. That one, I think I would leave to tournament selection. Like, scenario is... Like, if you're on... To put it frankly, if you're on a capture the flag or, like, control point type scenario, I think the mage construct is great in there because you can move enemies around, right? You can win a game by moving them off a control point and then moving your people in especially the construct is a you know a two by two so i like the mage i think you know if you're bringing the construct i think you do build a party that has the mage in it for maybe those control points or something that relies on people grouping up so that way you could kind of manipulate the board a bit or like move them into danger zones that might be on the map or move them next to an enemy of some sort there's a lot you could do with that next up let's talk about uh the melee damage person so that would replace hengaku this is the soldier you have giant slash one enemy at range one to two plus four to hit three damage when you declare this attack you may spend xp to increase the damage by one for each xp spent so you could take that up to four five six it doesn't there's no limit it's just how much xp you have so that's solid then you have Whirlwind, target your space, plus four to hit, splash of one, so remember you're a two by two, so that's, that's what, 12 squares? Three damage, plus four to hit, splash of one, three damage, when you declare this, you may spend XP to increase the splash range by one for each XP spent. I think that's interesting, it's once per game effect. All of these that are in the self-repair field are once per game effect. I think it's interesting. The concern with that is I don't know how often you're pulling that off, simply because it does not say it doesn't affect friendly characters. So when you're spinning around, you're targeting your space, plus for the hit, you're, you're hitting everybody. So you might hit your own people. And with a big guy like that, it's kind of more likely. So Hengaku probably is better than the soldier variant. Um, I would probably much rather have Hengaku in that case. You have the ranged, which is going to be replacing Kithra at least. Giant bolts, target one enemy at range two to three plus five to hit three damage. You may spend XP to increase the maximum range by the amount. Um, that's okay, right? That's that's all right. It's not a lot of range, but Kithra doesn't have a lot of range either. You deal as much damage as Kithra does. Uh, it's okay. I think it's fine. Let's see if the barrage is better. Target one enemy at range 2 to 5 plus 7 to hit 2 damage. When you declare this attack, you may spend XP to add one target for each 2 XP spent. Each target is a separate attack. So, hmm. Hmm. Keep in mind, all these self-repair ones take a standard and a move action. That, that one is interesting 
it definitely feels better for a pvp type scenario but man 2xp the one barometer you would want to test is how frequently do each of these variants get xp i'm not sure like you obviously get the one at the end of your activation so that means you're effectively getting two a turn because you activate twice um that's all right i guess um i would say arbliss is really up there you probably want kithra and one of the other cell swords that's probably what i'm thinking last but not least we have well we'll talk about the defender in a second last but not least we have drom well the male uh, the hybrid who would be replacing drum that's the grappler spinning strike target your space plus five the hit splash two damage when you declare the attack you may spend two xp if you do any mini hit by this attack gains slowed and weakened man that's a bummer because that would really work well with drum <laughs> funny enough um but slowed and weakened solid remember you're spinning for a decent amount um you only have to use two xp once so it's not like you're stacking it like with barrage so that's okay three turn cooldown all right and then surge friendly characters at range one to three may each move up to half their movement if you are if you are bloodied they may move up to their full movement who huh hmm and it's rounded down let's talk about that one so if you were to look at at the cell swords as a whole and rank top to bottom drom feels like one of the bottom tiers not that he's bad but out of the five not kind of the construct he just isn't as good as the other three at times the key thing in onslaught that i've found is that movement is king in a lot of instances being able to have all of your characters move half their movement as a standard and move action that could be good i think right depending on the circumstances setting things up to where you could just move everyone half their movement so two to three if you have everyone bunched up that could be good but that might be one of those like like golden ticket scenarios right something you dream of and it may not work so that one I think is iffy. I might like that one more than Drome. Now let's talk about Vanguard. This is the one that doesn't have a replacement. You don't have to replace anybody, even though you're taking two of them out. Shield charge, move up to your speed, spending any amount of XP to move that many extra spaces. Interesting. And make an attack against an adjacent target with plus two to hit and one damage. So that could give you a little bit more movement if you really wanted it. Because the bad thing about the Ancient Construct, it is very slow. It is three movement. It is a two by two, so it kind of gets a little bit of a benefit for that. But it is three movement. But using XP to move further is interesting. Three turn cooldown. I think all of these are. No, Orb is two. Yeah, Orb is the only one that's different. And then smash the once per game one enemy at range one to two plus five to hit two damage and the target gains stunned plus one damage if you are bloodied um and then redirect attack we've talked about that before so 
man, the problem with Defender is that it doesn't do a lot of defending. Like, sure, they get stunned, but that's once per game. The movement thing is neat, but you have to keep in mind you're still using the stats of the Ancient Construct. So you still only have the 14 defense, the 10 health, effectively 20, but 10 health. So that's not screaming at me defender, right? A defender to me has a way to boost their own defense, has a way to tie up opponents more, which I get. Shield charge, you move up there, and you hit someone, now they're adjacent, now they have to deal with you. But he doesn't have opportunity attack. He doesn't have something that requires your opponent to stay nearby. He has def he has ref uh, redirect attacks. So I don't think I actually like the defender much at all. I don't think it really fits the role for the ancient construct. So, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't think about it being kind of as bad as it is. So right now, if I were to to rank the constructs and the variants and which ones I would do. I am probably leaning towards the mage being arguably one of the better ones. Um, map manipulation is big. I think it's significant um, on a lot of scenarios. And the damage on that orb blast isn't bad. You know, two to four plus six to hit. Two damage, that's not bad. And then you don't have to expend XP to move characters away, but you can. So I would probably put the mage up there. Um, the, keep, the thing to keep in mind is that whichever one you choose, they're going twice. So the three movement is absolutely necessary because effectively you're moving six a turn because you're taking two activations. And you can potentially do those activations back to back if you want. Um, but if I say I was going to make a mage version team, um, Akanke is going to be automatically on the team. So who are the other two that I'm using? Most likely for mage, I am using probably Hengaku. I can't use Molly, so it's either Drom or Kithra. So I'm probably using Kithra at that point. So my team would be Kithra, Hengaku, Akanke, and then Mage Construct. And that's kind of my higher damage. Doesn't really have a lot of melee, right? You have, well, I'm sorry, melee, like, in your face taking hits. Kithra could kind of take some hits, but she doesn't want to because she loses that extra range damage. And then you can maybe make a case for Monk taking out Drom, increasing your speed, so you'd want Hengaku. So once again, if you're not playing Apothecary Construct, you're probably playing Akanke. So Akanke, so what two would you put with Grappler? Hengaku to get the bonus, and maybe Kithra again. Because um, you can't play Drom. You could play Molly, which Molly might be okay in that instance. It really would depend on scenarios. So there are some variations I could see you doing with the construct. Once again, I think Akanke and the original four, perfectly viable. I think that's a fine team. I think the construct is interesting. I need to, honestly, I need to get my, a hand on one and 
see how it plays in person with the double activations, whether it could get tied up pretty easily. Because obviously if it gets stunned, um, and once again, most of the effects that are fading, it fades, you know, at the end of their activation, well then his next activation up and he can do something. So you would really have to worry about certain characters that say, you know, until your next turn, or, you know, until your next activation. Uh, you'd have to be worried about that. But I think, you know, I don't feel bad about cell swords, solo cell swords. Especially when we're getting three new characters soon, might muddy up the waters. The one thing I am happy about, though, is that looking at this, the constructs, ancient construct isn't overpowered. Being a storyline OP kit, you know, prize or participation, you don't want this to be overpowered where someone has to get it and they don't have access to it. Now, I believe they said this might go on sale solo later down the road potentially but um we know Akanke's in the the expansion so i i feel better about cell swords if i were playing at adepticon which i might in some of the side tournaments or something um or if things don't work out with Heroclix, i might play in the adepticon uh championship i'm still probably playing cell swords because i want to play something different i don't want to play harpers i don't want to play red wizards i'm not feeling Zenterum, and sorry many arrows still not feeling hot about that so I might try going rogue and play <laughs> play cell swords, um, especially if we get the expansion. I'm probably playing that, but we'll, we'll see. So that's gonna do it for this episode of G Wiz. Um, first off, I want to say thank you guys. Uh, I'm over 500 listens to the podcast on Spotify. That's only Spotify. So thank you guys for listening. We're we're close to over 50 episodes at this point, which. I didn't know I would make it this far. I know I'm struggling here at the end, getting some episodes out, but thank you guys for listening. Um, I will be back for sure on Friday to do our Hero Quest Friday episode. There's a lot to talk about with Champion Clicks, and let's talk some Silver Age, some more Silver Age teams to build and to talk about. So I will see you guys on Friday. Have a fantastic day.